0: Hey there, and welcome to Polyamory Uncensored, a podcast where I, Lindsay Miller, interview a poly person each episode and try to answer the five tenets of journalism who, what, when, where, and why as it pertains to our poly lives. Katie is celebrating Mother's Day today, so I will be going solo. You're listening to episode 21, where I chat with Jay and Shauna. Stay tuned as we delve into the good, the bad, the ugly, and the just plain complicated truths about our poly lives. So,
1: who are you guys? So I'm Shauna. I am 27 and engaged to our other guest here, Jay. Um, What else do you want to know, Lindsay? How do you identify? I am a bisexual woman. I identify more as open versus poly. It's a weird fine line that I'm still figuring out. Okay.
2: And I'm Jay. I'm 45. I I identify as poly and otherwise straight, white, male. Boring.
0: Could you explain how you um, distinguish poly from open?
1: I guess in my admittedly limited experience, poly has a lot more, it's it's more of a whole relationship aspect. And so, you know, there's, there's romantic, there's intimacy, there's sexual, there's what you would expect from a relationship. And for me, I tend to be more interested in Friendship and sexual relationships as opposed to actual romantic relationships um, And so I feel like because I don't have any draw to that sort of uh, Components that it feels almost dishonest to Identify as Polly because I recognize that those relationships tend to be a lot more um, oftentimes rounded and um, Romantic in nature romantic in nature, which is just not my
0: wiring sure and What drew you to either polyamory or being open?
2: Well, um, for me, I've always been kind of wired that way. I don't really feel jealousy in the normal, at least what is considered normal by society uh, sense. So um, I've always been comfortable in more open relationships. And then uh, after I had a... 17-year-long relationship end and I was starting the dating process again. One of the first people I met was openly poly and it kind of became a, oh, this is where I fit kind of situation. And I've been fully uh, exploring that end of myself for the last, I don't know, four plus years now.
1: So, I mean, through high school and like once my dating life kind of started junior high, high school, that I've always kind of struggled with being in a monogamous relationship I mean there's something just really appealing about like flirting and being able to talk to people and you know if you if you run into someone who has great chemistry and great click and you're in a committed relationship then it it feels strange to let that chemistry go and so you know since meeting Jay and being available and allowed to kind of explore these different areas that that's been really exciting for me
0: so we already talked about like what open means to you but what does polyamory mean to you
2: i probably my basic answer is just the seeking out and exploring uh multiple romantic relationships i like the i really enjoy the dating aspect uh which is something i did not expect when i was in my 20s and started really dating it was nerve-wracking and was very self-conscious and kind of getting back into that in my 40s I realized that most of the things that made it unpleasant for me were gone mm, and mm-hmm. I actually really enjoyed the early stages and you know getting to know people the, the the awkward stages that people generally dislike are where I found a lot of enjoyment and then just the ability to have multiple romantic relationships is much like what Shauna said there's things you don't want to let get away. There's people that you meet and you're like, wow, if I wasn't already in a relationship, this would be interesting to explore. That's, you know, that limit's gone. You know, the only limit you really have is time, Mm -hmm. which is still pretty serious, but it's a little less than one and done. Um,
0: Well, and that actually leads well into my next question, which is what do you find difficult about polyamory?
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, the time and scheduling, which I think everyone who is poly or has been, Like living this life, (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. very familiar with uh, dating their calendar. So um, that's probably the most difficult. And um, the other things have actually gone surprisingly smoothly and easily with Shauna, with uh, the communicating. Um, We're very good at communicating with each other and uh, telling each other what's up and what's going on and how we're feeling about things. And if there are any issues or hiccups um, heading everything off. Quickly and making sure that we're both on the same page. So yeah, I think time is probably the the single biggest obstacle that we've run into.
0: And do you find anything particularly difficult about polyamory? Uh, just like
1: Jay said, it's time. Mm, yeah. um, you know, our I think personally our communication is is stellar. Um, I think you know the the typical hangups that you might encounter are not really an issue for us. It's definitely time. Um, you know. I've got work. I've got my fur babies at home. I've got Jay. I've got um, you know these different things, and then to try and make time for additional relationships and whatever form those may take is is very trying.
2: Yeah, I know that's part of the reason why the romantic element of Polly is a bit harder for you too, because that having a long term or like demanding relationship, something it's hard to have time for. So
1: right, but I've never. Like I don't want a romantic relationship. Like I, it's the friendship part. You know, it's it's hard to develop a good friendship and connection when I'm like, yeah, I can schedule you in three weeks from now. <laughs> now right. Uh, you know, because I I have to prioritize my self care in the field that I work in. I have to prioritize my my fiance, my my kids, my work, and uh, unfortunately, my my schedule is just very
0: insane in general
2: very easy to lose momentum in a relationship
0: very true yeah it is hard and i i I know most poly people schedule dates out two or three weeks in advance because they're like yeah i can spontaneity kind of kind of goes out the window like really um and i feel like when people can't deal with that it suffer the relationships suffer for sure so when did you guys know you were poly or different
2: i think i've known i'm different since i was late teens, early twenties, as far as, uh, you know, I had people talk about <clears throat> their relationships and their reactions to, you know, somebody, you know, the, the more juvenile things I saw somebody talking to somebody and, you know, getting angry or upset or jealous. And I just, in my relationships, I've never had that mm-hmm. like feeling of, you know, don't, <laughs> Or, you know, you belong to me always felt kind of a repulsive mm-hmm. concept. I didn't want to be possessed by, and I didn't want to possess anyone else in that, that kind of what's supposed to be a romantic or loving sense. I always felt weird. So, I like, eventually understanding that I was considered weird by the normal, quote-unquote, society standards. Yeah, fairly early on, I just didn't have the normal wiring. More, quote, fingers around normal, I guess. <laughs>
1: yeah uh i mean for me it was you know i thought something was wrong with me in junior high and high school and even early college when i was i was happy in my my romantic relationships i was fulfilled in those sexual relationships but i wanted more also i wanted to be able to you know talk to people when that when that comes up and it often felt very like ah i'm a a bad person because like, this isn't enough, or, like, oh, that's a really cute person, I'd love to be able to go talk with them, and, uh, like, monogamy was hard in that, in that sexual sense, in that, you know, interest in early dating, where it's all exciting sense, and so, um, like, it wasn't really until, late college and uh, the relationship before Jay and with Jay that it's really like, had language around it and had a better understanding of what that means. So where are
0: you in your poly journey?
2: Hmm. <laughs> I'm, you know, speaking of getting the language, I've been, you know, the last year or so really actually learning a lot of the terminology even, mm-hmm. like, and actually taking more of an interest in kind of knowing the words to express certain feelings and positions and points of view that I've had for a long time and just didn't have the language for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of in the education uh, phase. Uh, as far as the actual practicing goes, I think we've found a pretty good uh, rhythm to our relationship and how we're we're handling everything. So I'm feeling very comfortable with that. It's mostly just wanting to know more about uh, how everyone else Kind of describes and uh, experiences as mm. I'm learning. There's a lot of different approaches to poly.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I mean, I've had some, you know, secondary relationships since being with Jay. We've been together what three and a half years now. Yeah, but those haven't really lasted super long. I think a lot of that is because of my schedule and uh, varying reasons on both sides where that's just not quite worked out. Um, I have really enjoyed meeting Jay's dates and building friendships through there. So, um, I mean, I don't feel the the need to necessarily seek out romantic relationships or right now any extra relationships because I'm so busy uh, all the time. But, um, you know, just kind of figuring out what my needs are in this period of my life and anticipating that that will change as hopefully my life
0: settles. Yeah. well and my next question is where do you hope uh, your poly journey to go
2: well I mean right now we're engaged in planning our wedding next year which Yay. was an unexpected direction for I think both of us when we <laughs> when we met because the the, uh, the start of the relationship was not in any way like planned. <laughs> it was sort of a hey, we're conveniently uh, like uh, in the same house and have similar views on relationships. This is so everything right now has been kind of uh, an in- enjoyable and, and fun uh, experience. Uh, so as we plan that, trying to get basically our house in order, <laughs> like literally right. and figuratively, uh, as we uh, move on towards that part of our life, which I don't really see as changing a lot other than kind of some terminology and, uh, we already kind of think of ourselves as, as married at this point.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, I don't want to speak for you, but I, I'm gonna, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that our poly journey, our, my poly journey also is really kind of, uh, settling of where we're at you know i'm i'm in the early stages of developing my career which is why my schedule is insane i look forward to that settling so i can more fully engage in being poly or being open or whatever that you know may look like in the future um more time more time time to breathe time (laughs) to you know do all (laughs) of those things so you know i think it's it's more a where are we going on a, a personal career, like life sort of thing. And that'll end up affecting our, our relationship and our uh, polyness.
2: Hmm. Hopefully positively, as far as I can tell, everything's headed in the right direction. I'm pretty excited about it all.
0: Nice. So uh, why do you think you are poly?
2: For me, I think it's just, I don't know any other way to be. So it's just kind of how I'm wired. Mm-hmm. i it's one of those things I don't think you really do it by choice. If you're not, you know, mentally and emotionally wired for it, I think it's kind of leading you to disaster because there's usually a an eruption of jealousy or things you can't contain anymore. And I know there are people that try and dabble and dip into it, and it doesn't ever go well. From every story I've ever heard. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> a lot of
0: the horror stories are yeah. because monogamous people are trying polyamory.
2: <laughs> and oftentimes to save a relationship or right. to add some, you know, spice. Yeah. It's just, it's who I am. So, and thankfully I've found someone who likes me, including that part of me, and can take that journey with me.
1: Yeah. I mean, besides, you know, what I talked about before, like feeling like, ah, I'm a bad person because monogamy doesn't feel right, you know, I love seeing Jay feel fulfilled and cared for and happy in his other relationships you know let's let's get personal he has a ridiculous libido and uh, I like to not have to be the only person dealing with that, dealing um, with that. <laughs> so you know go over to your girlfriends and and I'm gonna take a nap but um, you know I think in some monogamous relationships to feel responsible solely for somebody's um, happiness and well-being on you know the mental physical sexual all of those different well-being fronts is honestly a burden and so you know I do everything I can to to support my guy here but to not be the only one in his life is is a relief in a lot of ways you know I can you know hon I'm sorry I can't handle this tonight you know text text so-and-so and love you <laughs> right yeah <laughs> that's totally fair.
0: Uh, so why did you agree to be interviewed today?
2: Uh, for me, I'm, I'm trying to get out of my comfort zone as often as I can to try new and different things. It's part of my kind of post-divorce rebirth, <laughs> I suppose, uh, you know, along with getting healthy and, uh, just, I want to get out and do all these different things that I've kind of thought about or considered and, um, I've never really had a problem with public speaking, so to speak, but I'm also very shy. So this kind of hits the middle ground <laughs> for me where I can... Yeah, there's
0: only two people here. It's yeah. fine, yeah. <laughs> Might have a couple hundred listeners, but... <laughs> yeah,
2: you know, as it grows, people mm-hmm. go back through the old episodes, right. so maybe... Yeah, I just... That's the the main thing is trying new and different things. It's something I've never done before and sounded interesting, and I'm I'm not uncomfortable talking about these kinds of things. And I'm also trying to be more open about who I am as like, including, you know, the, the poly element. So I've come out, uh, to a number of people and friends and, uh, coworkers. So that, um, you know, it used to be only people that were also poly new and now mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, probably, you know, near a dozen people in my life that know and I'm comfortable with that and, it, the more honest I am with myself and who I am, the, the more comfortable and happy, happier I seem to be. So it's,
1: yeah, you are. <laughs> um, I think for me, I think the, I mean, I like to talk to people, right. And so I'm, I'm always happy to talk to people. I'm I never, I almost never shy away from a question. If you ask me something, I don't want to answer. I'll tell you that, but that's rare if ever. Um, and I think in our relationship, my job is to, gently push jay into trying new things uh respecting the comfort zone and encouraging that half step out of it um you know not throwing him off a cliff but you know let's try this (laughs) let's do this get out of the house so that's why
0: i'm here
2: gentle gentle but firm (laughs) i love you (laughs) it's appreciated i love you too
0: (laughs) all right so we're gonna take a short break and we'll be right back The Toolshed is a mission driven, education based sex toy store located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. More than your typical adult store, the Toolshed provides quality, body safe products that enhance the sexual lives and relationships of their customers, and they do it all in a comfortable, compassionate, and welcoming atmosphere. Not located near Milwaukee? That's okay. The Toolshed's online shop at www.toolshedtoys.com serves customers all over the world. The Toolshed strives to be the source for accurate, up-to-date information about sexual health and pleasure. Their store is staffed by sexual educators who are invested in providing sex-positive and inclusive support to their customers throughout their lifespan, no matter where they're from. The Toolshed stocks a large selection of products made from body-safe materials. They have sex toys for folks of all genders, orientations, and inclinations, including gear for strap-on play, vibrators to stimulate a variety of body parts, BDSM gear, kink supplies, and much more. The Toolshed is also proud to offer a large inventory of gender expression supplies like binders, soft packers, shaping underwear, and breast forms. Last but not least, The Toolshed stocks lots of great books on topics like ethical non-monogamy, how to negotiate consent, kinky play, sexual pleasure, sexual health, and so much more. They've got over 500 different titles in stock at their Milwaukee location and host a regular monthly book club too. Every day, The Toolshed staff answers questions about products, pleasure, health, and relationships, all without shame or stigma. The Toolshed also offers in-person and online private consultations for people who have in-depth questions about any of those things, as well as other subjects like communication and relationships, establishing healthy boundaries, fertility basics, alternative menstrual products, and other topics folks deal with every day as sexual beings. You can visit the Tool Shed in person at 2427 North Murray Avenue in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or you can check out our online store at www.toolshedtoys.com. From now through the end of 2019, you can use promo code POLY2019POLY2019 P-O-L-Y at checkout for 10% off your next purchase. Thanks. All right, and we're back. So, the topic that um you guys had decided on today is dating with an age gap uh so you guys have 18 years between you two uh has that been an issue
2: um strangely i don't think it has been an actual issue it was a bit of an issue for me mentally in the beginning because um shauna kind of did the equivalent of hitting me over the head with a mallet and dragging me back to her cave (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, you were being boneheaded. <laughs> I,
2: I very much, because uh, um, Shona moved in to my house uh, to rent a room because uh, she oh. was not in, you know, enjoying her previous living uh, conditions, and I was doing my best to not look at her in any <laughs> kind of place. Uh, uh, weird way and just kind of give her space and for
1: what it's worth he did a great job of that too i never once felt leered at or or pursued or any sort of like creepy old manness and that's how you guys met um so what happened was um (laughs) i was messaging a a mutual friend of ours basically being like i gotta get the fuck out of here my apartment mates are awful people and for a myriad of reasons and that same day, Jay had messaged our friend saying, hey, I need someone to move into my house because I can't afford the mortgage alone now that my ex-wife is leaving. Mm-hmm. So um, we were beginning to play a D&D game together, Dungeons & Dragons, for the uninitiated. <laughs> and um, our friend was running the game. And so the very first game beforehand, I went over to his house, uh, looked it over, introduced him to my dog who is the love of my life comes before jay <laughs> and um you know talked briefly about logistics and 15 minutes later i had a, a new place to s- secured and would be moving in shortly and that was the first time we met yeah how long ago was that
2: that was we actually met on september 17th of 2015
1: right yeah. no that was the second time we met because the first
2: Nope. It was the day my uh, my ex wife moved out of town with my kids. It was the day we met. Ah. And the first time I met you was actually sitting down across from you at the Pathfinder game. It wasn't D anD. d
1: At any rate, and <laughs> but so uh, that conversation we,
2: happened shortly after about the, the housemates. Right.
1: That's that's what I was trying to get at. Yep. But the long and short of it is, uh, we met basically the same day his ex wife l- packed up the kids in the house and left, and um, so we were not expecting a relationship. There's an age gap. There is, you know, a change in his relationship. I was um, dating someone from Missouri, where I'm from, um, in a long distance open relationship at that point. Uh, And we were open almost essentially just because we were long distance. Uh, We understood that there were needs, you know. And so um, from there it was... uh,
2: Yeah, that was September and... Then, uh, I started to officially date, uh, that December with, uh, you know, my, my ex and I gave each other permission to date. So I went on uh, a couple of dates with uh, another person and discussed going to, uh, Polly meetups, uh, with Shauna at some point. And she, that's when she found out I was identifying as Polly.
1: And that's when I was like, oh yeah, my... X and I, well, now ex, my boyfriend at the time, and I are open. Um, so, you know, we had that conversation, and there were mm-hmm. a lot of late-night conversations about, you know, ah, the ex-wife. <laughs> um, at that point, just separated.
2: Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And I got started getting the feeling that you were hitting on me, and I was very sure I was wrong
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> because of the aforementioned reasons. Age gap being major, and then just, you know, I didn't have a lot of self-confidence and, uh, you know, a bit of a low uh, about my uh, self-opinion there for a while.
1: Well, I mean, you had just come out of and eventually came to realize that your relationship, at least at the end, was emotionally and verbally abusive.
2: Yes. A hard thing to come to terms with. And, you know, talking with you actually helped me um, identify a lot of that and... It was kind of an important healing stage for me.
1: Right. Well, I mean, you're a man. You're not. It's impossible to abuse a man, right? <laughs> um, sarcasm, obviously. Yes.
2: Yeah. Um, so I do remember uh, we started talking quite a bit more seriously and you uh, uh, started giving me drinks <laughs> on a Saturday. Uh, that would have been February th- 13th yep yep um because we danced right around valentine's day that year uh and uh basically got me to admit my interest and attraction and then we texted furiously i think on valentine's day while you were at work
1: that's right but we refused to actually become official till the 15th because fuck valentine's, valentine's day, valentine's day yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah for sure we didn't do anything until like <laughs> two in the morning so.
1: <laughs> i mean you know
2: Well, <laughs> yeah it wasn't really planned to be a i mean This was a convenient situation for the two of us. It wasn't like we weren't walking into this as like we're getting into a relationship.
1: Right. Well, if you hadn't lived like, well, if I hadn't lived with you, I should say we wouldn't have dated because I wouldn't have had time. At that point, I was in grad school. I was working. I was doing internships. I had 70-hour work weeks. You were, I mean not entirely but the convenience was really nice
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll take it
2: <laughs> but yeah I just it was amazing that how well we clicked we like had a lot of points of common interest and uh, uh, common fandoms that we could talk about and geek over and I mean we obviously both played role-playing games and we liked playing them together and there was just we fit very uh, comfortably and easily together without trying it just everything was just effortless
1: right well i mean we we really connected and bonded through geekery and And you know tabletop games but the art also is is a thing you know Mm -hmm. i i thought that it was really amazing and wonderful and beautiful that you are an artist and you you know you have some educational background of of art and so it was nice to be with someone who could actually have a conversation about that because I've never dated anyone who could before and so to be able to get excited about seeing you know a Mondrian piece it's like yeah you know who that is
2: (laughs) actually wanting to go to the art gallery instead of being you know dragged Mm -hmm. right or like
1: yeah I'll go to this for you yeah I actually enjoy it so yeah that
2: it like I said it was effortless and we just kind of slid very quickly and easily into a like a dating relationship where we thought of each other as i don't know the terms boyfriend girlfriend i know are not like favorites of yours but that's kind of where we kind of went pretty quickly
1: right well and i mean as far as hang-ups which i think might have been the original question before <laughs> all of this uh you know i th- i think the the main hangup that we run into is, I mean, initially your, your mental hangups, but my favorite is, you know, Jay will be like, yeah, back in when I was in college. And then I'll be like, yeah, I was five.
0: Yep. <laughs> and that's my
1: favorite thing Just
0: stare and blink i love doing that too actually <laughs> I, I remember my ex-boyfriend was like oh you know i saw the the cranberries in concert and i was like the cranberries was my favorite band when i was six <laughs> he was like god <laughs> fuck it, damn it <laughs> that's the reaction i get often um and
1: i love it it's great <laughs> so and i mean the other hang-ups that i run into is still like are, are like really minor so Right now, the the fashion is with that, like, onesie where it clips at the crotch, you know? Sure. Which drives me nuts anyways, but it's like, I can't wear that because if Jay were to unclip me when we're trying to have sexy fun times, I would feel like he's changing my diaper. Oh, God. And I don't think I would have that if we were the same age, and so it's just like, I can't... I can't have my fiance change my diaper.
2: I also can't wipe your face if you have something on it. Yeah, yeah. He can't
1: wipe my face. Um, like We usually will shower together out of convenience, and it's also like a time when we talk about our days at the end of, you know, in the evening, and it's like, yep, wash my back, stop at my waist, because you can't wash my butt. Like, that that gets weird. It gets weird. Yeah.
2: It, yeah, there are some certain weird little little triggers here and there that pop up, but oh. I am Don't, don't
1: feed me. (laughs) (laughs) Don't, don't do that. That's not a thing for me anyway. Mm -hmm.
2: I thought that was a weird, like, supposed romantic gesture. It always feels like.
0: like Paternal. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. That's. So,
2: yeah, I, I'm really happy with how smooth and easy it all went. And it, it did take me a while to uh, get past the, like the worry of outside perception, Um, particularly like. You know meeting her family sure because you know my family like i don't think there'd be an issue but my my like my dad's main thing before he met shauna was like he just wanted to make sure i didn't look like one of those old guys with a, <laughs> a trophy girlfriend like on his arm where it just looked really weird or awkward but you know
1: yeah i think the the first time i met your dad it was for a weekend we were staying at their house and sunday jay and i were just kind of standing there i think he had his arm around me and his dad kind of looks up and goes you know you guys look good together a lot of guys with young girls ah they look like i don't remember the word he used creeper or (laughs) something like that they look weird and he's like you guys look good together
2: like thanks
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, really? yeah, yeah.
2: It's, that's it's, nice it's good because um, <laughs> if if we looked wrong or weird he would say that too so i, I feel <laughs> he's honest at least yeah, at least, yeah, yeah. about that and but I mean, my main stressor was i I'd already met um both of shauna's parents uh, i believe before we yeah. started yeah. as a roommate yeah sure um okay. you know and they were both nice but you know once that dynamic officially changed and they knew we were dating i was a little nervous about how that would be received, but it's been like, Oh, Sean is happy. Yeah. Therefore yeah. you good. And Absolutely. They, that's all they, they really want to um, really be happy.
1: Well, and I mean, that's my mom's side of the family. My, my dad's side of the family is very conservative, you know, Midwest and they were, they were fine with it also. Um, I don't know if we've ever been explicit with the actual number though. With my dad's side of the family. and
2: yeah, I, I, I guess I look younger than I am a bit. So yeah. Well, I look
1: nice. older, but they know how old I am. Yeah, that's, that's not a surprise. <laughs> so, but, I mean, yeah, especially with my mom's side of the family that, you know, all of my, my aunts and my cousins, that the thing they look for is the look, you know? Like, is does your partner kind of, like, look across the room and, like, smile to themselves when they see you just because they, you know, they love you and they're happy that they're together and, you um, You've you've passed the test many times. I'm told. <laughs> I'm yeah. oblivious to a lot of stuff.
2: Yeah, you have mm-hmm. a smitten face.
0: True. Mm-hmm.
2: Sure. Which sounds German. <laughs> I think it is. Uh, yeah, it, you know, I think forcing a relationship that with an age gap where you don't have a lot in common would probably be a bad idea. I think trying to force any kind of relationship would be. And ultimately, I think the age gap is sort of an artificial barrier if everything else is fine. Um, And
0: age is just a number, yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Um, But it can be a serious issue if that's what you chase after. I think. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. Uh, If it's like a fetish, then Mm -hmm. that goes right into Creeperville. I I didn't seek out or try and find someone. I'd say, younger? especially with so men was, looking for younger women, like yeah, it, it's that,
0: very rarely that yeah. that women are looking for younger men. In fact, I would say that the most common thing is that women are like, "No, I only date guys that are older than me," because in general, women tend to be a little bit more mature, and say the age range tends to even out if you're dating older people. I I pretty much only date people who are like seven to ten years older than me, and Oftentimes, even then, I feel more mature, you know, like, so maybe that's the kind of guys I date, but still, I was like, and, and I, I kind of wanted to ask you guys questions about that, like, if you had rules, maybe before you met one another, on age ranges, even just like the average, like, OKCupid okay, dating profile kind of thing, you can put an <laughs> age range, right? And I know I always, like, stop at, like, 27, because I don't feel that anyone is a full adult until they're about 27, and but then I don't really, Thanks. like, yeah, I know, right? You're 27 now. Like, that's fine. Yeah, I made the cut off. <laughs> You're an adult now. Um, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. But... Um, Feels good. But I feel like anyone under 27, at least for me personally and in my personal experience, has been, like, kind of not in the world enough. Yeah, like, get your you shit know? together. They haven't gotten their shit together, generally. Uh, I, I'm just saying a lot of yeah. uh, stereotypes right now. But <laughs> that's it's, how it's, I've lived I mean, my life.
1: There's... Yeah. So, I mean, for me, like, I have my okay cupid profile out there that i think mine is set to like 27 to like 35 so
2: you changed it in order for us to meet each other on there yes
1: but then i changed it back <laughs> yeah. because i mean there's a lot of those those creeper guys like aha you know and so um, they're french apparently um but um yeah i mean my my range would never include jay in general um but i mean like you were saying like i'm not you know, I'm not interested in the, the party scene or, you know, that young 20s scene. I actually, you know, going into my relationship with Jay, we were, I was what, like 24 when we got together right about there.
2: We, we met right I was before 20, you turned 24. Right.
1: But when we were dating, I was 24 yes. by then. And uh, full consenting adult, as <laughs> your friend pointed out. But, um, yeah, I mean, I came from dating... You know, I was dating high schoolers in high school. I was dating college guys in college. And I went from dating, um, you know, a guy that was, I was 23, he was 22, to dating someone significantly older than me. And, um, you know, it was, it was uh, definitely a change, but it was like, oh, he has his own house and a regular job and, you know, a nine to five and he's so stable. It's sexy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that shit together, especially when you get to a certain age, someone else having their shit together is like, well, it's a, it's a huge bonus, but then also it becomes mandatory. Like at a certain point, right. it's 100% mandatory. Right.
1: <laughs> well, and like, you know, again, I was, I was in grad school, I was working, like all of this stuff. So like I was getting my shit together, but I can't really say that I was actually, you know, like a proper real person <laughs> um so to kind of like become a clinger on to jay um and like leech off that stability was really nice
0: <laughs> stability by proxy yeah you know, like, you get yeah it was it. great it, contagious yeah so. i'm glad to help and did you have an age range
2: yeah i when i was in my you know early 20s i actually started dating women who were a bit older than me like five six years, uh, the first few. And then I think when I was 25, I met, uh, who would become my ex-wife. Uh, and she was 20 and that was the next 17 years. So I went from same age to, uh, older to a little younger to now I restarted. It's, I found that I have to go a little bit younger to find women who are um, the right, or at least a level of geeky and <laughs> like interested in some of the same things. Most of the women who are like my age or right at aren't into the same things. Sure. So I have to skew a little younger, but it's more about those interests and commonalities than it is about the actual age. Um, like one of my um, most recent dating experiences is the first person that is within a year or two of my age that I've had since, well, I guess, uh, since my early twenties then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and, but we have a lot of common ground as mm-hmm. far as the, our interests and, um, the geek and nerd kind of elements overlap and we enjoy those, you know, common subjects. And, mm-hmm. um, but you know, beyond that, the age isn't really a thing that, I focus on, though I did have a basement age on my uh, cupid profile that excluded Shauna by quite a few years. <laughs> uh, I, think, uh, I think I was at 30 or so and I uh, you know which I thought was pretty low for you know when I was in my early 40s when I set it up and yeah weird things happened. Yeah. <laughs> change my mind a little bit on the. the well, range. it's always
0: interesting the way that people decide on that kind of like random age. It's very arbitrary. It's very arbitrary. And some people, I've, I've, there was a guy in the poly group who said, I lie about my age on OKCupid okay because I just turned 40 or I just turned 41 or something like that. And a lot of people set the age range to 40, right? So they'll like pick mm-hmm. an even number or they'll pick like 40, 45, 35, whatever. And so he's like, so I play around with the settings a bit so that I become, uh, like available to more people searching. And he's like, and one year doesn't make a big of a difference, but it does make a big difference on OkCupid. Right. So like if we meet and have a good time and I'm like, Oh, by the way, I'm 41, not 40. It's usually not a problem, but I would never have been able to meet them otherwise.
1: Right. Well, and you know, I think my cutoff, like I said, is about 35 and I did, you know, arbitrary number 35 Mm -hmm. is a good round number. And, you know, I, I wonder about, like, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. And and I wonder, like, well, maybe there's a 36-year-old out there who's right. just super awesome. <laughs> but then it's like, well, if there's a
0: 36-year-old out there who's super awesome, maybe there's a 37-year-old. Well, let's just set it to 100. Right, yeah. You know? Maybe there's a 50-year-old. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But those dating sites do make you choose. So you're like, well, I don't know. And And like I said, you know, I generally don't date people under 27, but... There are people out there who I would meet out in the wild, let's say not on a dating app, who are under 27 and who are perfectly nice, well-established, stable adults. And yet, you know, like they're not, they might not be on my radar on a dating website, but they would be in, in real life. So, yeah, so it's kind of silly, but uh, but I just thought that was uh, interesting because I do know most people have a range, right? Mm-hmm. And they try to stick to it, but it doesn't generally go the way that they necessarily plan
2: yeah i mean we're each outside of each other's range by a considerable amount but you know just what was the through...
0: friend's joke about dating is half your age plus seven yeah how what does that turn out what does that even go to uh, math <laughs> um, is hard Lindsay. yeah that's so, fair that's um, fair my calculator right here my bottom would
1: be 21 <laughs> I, don't, I mean i don't know how you would calculate the
0: top math is hard seven uh, but mine's I mean, 23 Ugh, i would never date a 23 year old that's insane right no i'll pass on the
1: 21 also <laughs> jay i don't even
0: let's see uh, i'm gonna bottom, do it right now uh, uh, the plus it'd seven be almost 30 it'd be 29.5 yeah. yeah yeah Not yeah <laughs>
2: I, I can do that kind of math quickly because i <laughs> i run D D. oh that's fair
0: <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. basic math <laughs> yeah that's funny and I feel like that maybe, especially on Friends, they were saying that specifically to a, a male character. So mm-hmm. I don't know what that, uh, there's no formula for women. I think women just date, <laughs> they date whoever they fucking want. Yeah, Because also it's not as stigmatized for a woman to date an older man. It's not stigmatized necessarily for a woman to date a younger man unless she's unless he's significantly younger. Like 18 years younger would be right. cougar status, cougar right? Cougar, like, for yeah. sure.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm fairly happy that, I mean, Shauna is the one that, Step forward and instigated the the dating process by yep. sure. lots of
1: fruity drinks Yep.
2: yep. <laughs> I uh, I do not like the beer <laughs> I am not a Wisconsinite mm-hmm. um, but yeah just getting me to admit <laughs> that I was interested was a hard pull for you so thank you for sticking with it
0: yeah uh, you're worth it <laughs> <laughs> so I also kind of wanted to talk about how the fact that you know it was with the 18 years dating difference, it might have been hard to relate to some things, but you found common ground through gaming, right? You guys were part of a D&D mm-hmm. campaign and, um, and general geekery, which like you said, is generally more of a young people uh, culture, but I think that's changing, right? All of yeah. us young geeks are becoming old, so like, uh, right? <laughs> like in my
2: age range, like it's, it's like when I was playing D&D when I was, you know, in junior high and high school and even college i wasn't alive then (laughs) rub it in uh it was all guys yes and it wasn't even it was not just all guys it was like there's one guy at the table that had a girlfriend or dated regularly usually it was you know it's the a lot of the stereotypes uh, held true with my like early experiences and it wasn't until fairly far along in like my like late college and uh like you know, when beyond when it started like having women like popping into the games. It'd be one. Mm-hmm. And like over the next, you know, fifteen years it's sort of I've actually played in games where I was the only guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I've you know, my ex wife was actually in a game where it was all women, including, yeah. you know, running the game. It, it became a more of a hobby in, in ages lower than mine by five or ten years. It it's definitely become one of those things where at least with tabletop gaming women have become much more of a part of it but it's again it was way younger for that yeah group so
1: well i'll try not to get too like weird on you guys but like <laughs> i wrote my my master's thesis on the therapeutic applications of dungeons and dragons so like it's a big part sure. of my life it's it's my <laughs> ah, it's my self-care um but i mean i think one of the interesting things about gaming together is you get to see different aspects of your friends or partners that don't necessarily come out on the everyday. And so, you know, even if they're putting a character on that isn't who they are, it's still an interesting way to be able to see these different facets of, of somebody. And so I think that was like, it's like a rapid fire bonding experience. You know, you get to see a lot of different sides in a pretty, condensed in quick way
2: yeah i think it makes sense you like even if that's not who they are it has to come from inside them mm-hmm. you know it's it's some part of them or some view that they hold or can at least bring forward into a character they represent depending on how immersive you get on your role playing some people it's just you know, snacks and jokes and other games are much more intense so right
0: I also wanted to ask you guys if you had any advice for other people out there who either are dating or are dating folks that are of uh have an, an age discrepancy between the them and their partner like if you've if you've faced any adversity because of this and uh yeah any advice that you guys might have
2: i the first thing I probably think of is that uh most of the issues probably more inside your own head than anyone mm-hmm. else. Uh, most people don't really care. Or yeah. notice. Yes. Sure. Uh, I don't I don't really feel like people see us going out in public and think, ew,
1: <laughs> well,
2: cradle robber kind of thing. Right. So. I mean
1: I, I would add the caveat and I didn't think of it earlier when we were talking about like hang ups, but if I do my hair a certain way, I look a lot younger. Mm-hmm. You know? And so depending on where we're going, I am conscious of you know, do I look like a 20-year-old or do I look like, you know, a put-together adult mm-hmm. when we're going places? You know, mm-hmm. and sometimes I just don't fucking care depending on what we're doing. But, um, you know, if I have my hair in a ponytail, like, that youngens me, not ages sure.
2: me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, you know, have my similar thing where I make sure I cut my hair because... You know, I'm bald completely, uh, but when this starts growing in there's grey now. Mm, and mm-hmm. if I shave it off it it, it does youngify me, if <laughs> I can make up that word, uh, a bit. So I try and make sure I'm I'm conscious of that too. Yeah. But it's it's about being comfortable, I guess, with yourself and not worrying about what other people think and also the kind of people that would be judgmental about it are usually the kind of people that you should ignore anyway.
1: Yeah, you don't need those in your life. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I guess what I would say is if you are happy, uh, healthy, safe, consenting, all of those, you know, wonderful relationship words that are essential in any relationship, then, you know, if that's, what's, what's doing it for you, then do it.
2: Yeah. So it's mostly, um, try not to worry about what other people think and be as comfortable as you can with. In your own skin and with each other and be honest with each other and uh, most of it's just basic self-care and relationship care mm. that uh, might have that little extra like uh, toggle in your brain that triggers you to worry or think about it and you know it, I had that quite a bit early on and as we've gotten closer and more comfortable and the relationships developed it's you know it used to be allowed. Or at least an annoying voice, and now it's just barely a squeak.
0: Do you think people should drop their age ranges when it comes to okay, keep it like fully, just zero to a hundred? No, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm
1: I'm obviously the younger one in the relationship, but no, I don't I don't think so. I think, and again, I feel like I'm going to end up going into sweeping stereotypes, but you know, a, younger twenties, they're they're finishing college they're going into grad school or or trying to establish themselves and you know they're only a few years younger than me and I'm not interested in that Mm -hmm. so you know personally I don't think that I would seek that out if I ran into someone in the wild Mm -hmm. then you know let's talk but I think I'd be more interested in making exceptions than broad sweeping acceptance sure Um, though I recognize that that's in a way like discriminating against myself
2: <laughs> yeah. i mean with the dating app it, there's a lot of hard lines and decisions and you're, you're you have a very specific set of information from their profile it's it's a different experience than when you run into somebody on the street where you can get a real sense of who they are you know it's kind of different between sometimes a photograph and a video where you can like you can see a person but you see them in motion it's completely different feel and dynamic and it's the same way of seeing a a profile and getting a words a couple pictures versus meeting someone in real life where you get a real sense of who they are and those kinds of things like age don't really matter if you spark with them really well
1: right well I mean I guess the the question then becomes you know like like Lindsay was mentioning like so then why not give you know Joe whoever on on the okay Cupid he's a young guy why not see if if that happens in real life, see them in motion, mm-hmm. you know,
2: well, if you got a free bit of time, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then why not? It's, it's really about trying to manage your wants and needs and the time you have available. And that's one of the ways of making, finding somebody fit into your schedule better when you're doing something like a, a dating site, you've got, you can fit that in wherever and you're waiting in a line you can go through the app or you know you've got a few hours before bed and you can go through it and it fits wherever you want to fit it versus going out and it's entirely luck it's random so uh just to meet somebody um but you got time <laughs> <Why not? laughs> yeah. infinite time <laughs> yeah that's all we need got it solved
0: all right. Is there anything else you guys would like to add to this uh, conversation?
2: Hmm. I hope this was semi-interesting to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> it, it feels very uh, like we've talked about this a lot with a number of people and just how we met and how we got together. Because it's usually kind of considered to be a, a fun story to tell because of our age difference actually gets people to ask,
0: Sure. You know, like, mm-hmm. how did
2: that happen? Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sometimes with guys, like, how did that happen so I can figure it out too?
1: <laughs> well, all you have to do is get divorced, need someone to help pay the mortgage, happen to find someone. Mm-hmm.
2: It's easy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It just everything pure luck. Uh, I'm very thankful that it all kind of just fell together the way it did, and I couldn't imagine it happening uh, again. <laughs> <laughs> if we start over. It just there's so much luck that I'm thankful for, and just how everything came together and how effortless it was. Uh, it's hard to give advice when so much is based on
0: pure luck. Know. Yeah, pure <laughs> yeah. luck. Yeah. Like I
2: literally met you the day that my ex moved to another state. I mean, that was a very that's why I remember the date so well. <laughs> like I can tell you exactly what day it is. I think I did earlier. Um, So th- it would feel weird giving any kind of advice on that. It's just more about try not to let it bother you if everything else works. Because mm-hmm. that's just a waste of your time and energy.
0: Cool. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast. And, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Happy, Mother's <Day. laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> All right, so that is it from us at Polyamory Uncensored. We'd like to thank my husband Rob for helping us through our many sound issues and thank myself for editing the podcast so we sound smart. You can follow us on Facebook at Polyamory Uncensored. Contact us at polyamoryuncensored at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support us at all, you can send us a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash polyamoryuncensored and simply click on the support this podcast button. We will forever be grateful for any contribution you can manage to making this podcast better and more efficient. We hope you have enjoyed this episode, and remember,
1: we We love you. you. Bye. Bye.